So I am going to be talking about a game called Final Fantasy today. Final Fantasy is a big game franchise that has decades of history. But for a while there, the Final Fantasy series had kind of fallen off. It had lost its way. And I think that makes sense when you kind of have this massive technological leap with what we can do with video games. And of course, where video games have played a role in our culture and society has evolved a lot from being some sort of a much smaller community to a larger community where we see things like The Last of Us, a video game being adapted into very popular HBO programming. But the man responsible for kind of reinvigorating Final Fantasy, his name is Nakio Yoshida, and he is very affectionately loved by the community. But there was a controversy. And so I'm going to explain the history of this. I'm going to put some fun footage up and all that good stuff. A few months ago, the first trailer for Final Fantasy 16 came out and it was very medieval looking. And one of the things that certain people on the internet noticed, there were no BIPOC characters in the video game. And from my first kind of gut reaction, I said, oh, this looks a lot like the Final Fantasy version of Game of Thrones, which they have openly admitted was a bit of an inspiration to them, the Witcher series as well. So when IGN, a prominent video game reporting company, asked, they said, in regards to diversity in the game, can we expect to see Black characters in Final Fantasy 16 or people of color in general? To clarify a bit more, there's been discussion around the trailers to date featuring mostly white characters, and I wanted to get clarity on whether we can expect the final game to be more diverse. Yoshida says... This is a difficult question, but not one that was unexpected seeing as diversity in entertainment media has become a much discussed topic as of late. The answer I have, however, may end up being disappointing to some depending on individual expectations. Our design concept from the earliest stages of development has always heavily featured medieval Europe, incorporating historical, cultural, political, and anthropological standards that were prevalent at the time. When deciding on a setting that was Best suited to the story, we wanted to tell the story of a land beset by the blight. We felt that rather than create something on a global scale, it was necessary to limit the scope to a single landmass, one geographically and culturally isolated from the rest of the world in an age without airplanes, television, or telephones. Due to the underlying geographical, technological, and geopolitical constraints of this setting, Valicia was never going to be realistically be as diverse as a modern-day Earth, or even Final Fantasy XIV that has an entire planet and moon worth of nations, races, and cultures at its disposal. The isolated nature of this realm, however, does end up playing a large part in the story and is one of the reasons Valicia's fate is tied to the rest of the world. Ultimately, we felt that while incorporating ethnic diversity into Valicia was important, an over-incorporation into that single corner of a much larger world could end up causing a violation of those narrative boundaries we originally set for ourselves. The story we are telling is fantasy, yes, but it is also rooted in reality. Now, this is typically where most journos who are trying to do a hit piece stop their reporting of this quote. He goes on to say this, and this is the producer, Yoshida. 
Conversely, the Final Fantasy series of games has always inherently dealt with conflict and struggle, especially between the empowered and those used and or exploited by those privileged few, a prominent trend in human history. And a game that by design allows players to experience that conflict and struggle firsthand through dynamic, realistic battles, it can be challenging to assign distinctive ethnicities to either antagonists or protagonists without triggering audience preconceptions, inviting unwarranted speculation and ultimately stoking flames of controversy. I'm interluding real quick. So he feels like if he did make it diverse, people would get things twisted and get mad at him. So he doesn't even feel incentivized to be diverse. Kind of an interesting notion. Back to the Yoshida quote. The best part of pulling inspiration directly from history, however, is that it allows us to revisit and re-examine our own past while also allowing us to create something new. In the end, we simply want the focus to be less on the outward appearance of our characters and more on who they are as people, people who are complex and diverse in their natures, backgrounds, beliefs, personalities, and motivations, people whose stories we can resonate with. There is diversity in Felicia, diversity that, while not all-encompassing, is synergistic with the setting we've created and is true to the inspirations from which we are drawing. People like Kotaku, who we have definitely discussed we're very pissed off at this. And one of the things that I think is so interesting about this, and we'll get a little bit deeper into this. So CC Zhang, who we have talked about before, Final Fantasy 16 de- developer has a terrible answer for the, why the game is so white. And so the whole journo video game media has been gunning for Final Fantasy 16, much like they were gunning for Hogwarts Legacy. And I think we're going to see the same kind of just rabid, hating culture, trying to get streamers who play Final Fantasy 16 canceled, all that stuff. I think we're going to see the exact same thing again. Might not be to scale to that, but they've been coming after Mr. Yoshida like nobody's business. And so yesterday, one of the articles that came out was this, and this regarded such nitpicking of the game. Final Fantasy 16 players confused as RPG shows off least exciting feature. You've seen the battles, now get ready for drumroll, the wall squeezes, also by CC Zhang. And so they were making fun of the footage that you're going to see, which was, as we can see in the translation of the tweet, showing off one of the main characters, Turgle, who is the main character's partner and dog, and how the dog will essentially guide you to secret areas by kind of like sniffing them out. And then you can see him dynamically going through this wall crack to like an ancient ruin, which is about, you know, narrative and setting things up. And often when we see these kind of wall squeeze moments, it's actually a secret loading screen. So you don't have to stop the game and have a loading screen. So you can still have the game going on without stopping. So you're go- it's really just a very dynamic loading screen to set up a new place of exploration. But this is this is the level of just nastiness that they're doing to the team who made this game. And this game has been made for years. So years of effort are going into this game. And I think that's why we also see the Game of Thrones influence. They started this when Game of Thrones was at its most popular. And what is frustrating about this is that Yoshida is now resorting to using what I call the leftist narrative. So now he's saying people are being racist to him. So this goes back to this notion of 
JRPG, which stands for Japanese role-playing game. And so Final Fantasy 16 producer Yoshida sparks debate over the use of JRPG term. It wasn't a compliment to a lot of developers in Japan. And he said that the fact that the Western market said JRPG instead of RPG really kind of made JRPGs kind of like a second-class citizen in the gaming world. And a lot of people have been digging up old reviews from the old G4 days. G4 was a video game channel. It was kind of cool. It was the first of its kind. Didn't survive. They rebooted it. It's not doing too hot nowadays. You can see in these old X-Play reviews from G4 that they kind of shat on the JRPG market and were making fun of the Japanese video games opposed to American video games. We got a jumper. This is how Resonance of Fate begins. But before it's over, you'll wish that kid had just let her splat on the town square. See, Resonance of Fate is a JRPG. And if you're like most of America, just hearing the letters JRPG is enough to send you into convulsions. It's not to say Resonance is just the same old thing. There isn't a sword or dragon in sight. And the combat focuses on acrobatics that put Keanu Reeves to shame. Set in future Japan, Enchanted Arms tells a tale of Atsuma and brings to life a world ruled by magic and robots. You know, something way different than other Japanese RPGs. Magic Robot USA number one! Dirge of Cerberus is pretty much Devil May Cry gone retarded. <laughs> Vincent Valentine will be your poor man's Dante for this trip through the nine circles of what the f*** are you facing that way? Turn around, you idiot gaming hell. And just at the time, the Western market wasn't ready to play games like this. And just remember, at the time, localization, things like translation and stuff like that, you didn't have as robust of an industry behind that at the time. So you get this game from Japan. Translation's bad. You know, it's daunting to kind of figure out how the game works. And so I think a lot of the kind of, we can call it hate, we can call it just making fun of, or kind of an apprehension to appreciate comes from that. But that doesn't mean there wasn't a Western community that was excited for these games. No, I mean, you just have some division there. And to this day, you have all kinds of Japanese video games that never make it to the States. You know, I actually have my eyes on one where I would literally have to use my phone, hold it up to the screen to translate things to be able to play the game because you, you can't even have an AI or something translate the game for a Western audience. So we still have a lot of these same problems to today. So it's not like this is resolved. But Yoshida is now kind of defending himself saying, well, you know, you guys are being racist to me. And I think that's the wrong way to go. And I think he just needs to keep pushing forward and the game will speak for itself, much like the Hogwarts Legacy game, despite the hate, has spoken for itself. But this is just the, the level of journalism today for all kinds of things. So even though we're looking at video games and you might not be a video game person, this style is rampant across the system. And what we're seeing are people who celebrate in the way of, man, isn't this cool? Or, man, look at this aspect from the video game past. Or, these are the Easter eggs I found. They're winning. And focusing on the negative stuff is losing. I think creators need to be able to tell the story that they want to tell without people freaking out about diversity, lack of diversity, and all of that. 
wait until you see the final product and then you can decide. But I think what we have are people who aren't used to video games coming in and thinking that they know everything about this, which is why like I'm going to put this photo up of this girl was mad that video game people have been hiding good stories from her. Well, I don't think anyone has been going out of their way to hide stories from them, but you have like this mainlining of like nerd culture. And now you have a bunch of people who hadn't had their eyes on it, nitpicking things. And I think there are pros and cons to that. And I think it's cool that more people are open to these things, but at the same time, you're kind of walking into something that you don't really know too much about. And it's insulting to me as a fan that you would ever even say Final Fantasy was racist in the first place, given its decades of history. I mean, who is Barrett? Y'all even know who Barrett is? Do I have a problem with that? Oh, you can bet. He doesn't. <laughs> Asshole. And they'll come back and if someone, like if I said that to them, they said, well, they're tokens. And I don't really see that. But this is just where we are in 2023 where no one can be happy. No one really understands the history. Or if they do understand the history, they will shift it around and essentially argue the opposite. And so you have disingenuous people arguing with you, but we're three months away from the drop. Maybe I'll do an update three months from now. I'm hoping the game gets 10 out of 10 and just blows all of these haters out of the water. So I'm going long. I'm going to wrap it up. Have a great day. Hey, if you have a favorite final fantasy game, share it in the comments. Mine is final fantasy 10. I know people love seven, but I thought 10 was really cool, and that was a game I didn't beat as a kid that I came back to and I beat as an adult. And so have some kind of special history of comparing it as a kid to an adult in my head, and that's kind of cool. So, peace. <laughs> Until the day our victory fanfare rings out through all of Midgar, our battle will raise all. <laughs> I'm just kidding.